Welcome to Chelsea Swift is your spirit animal. The show is always alive, always a vibe, and of course, always positive. Guys, enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am in the best mood, although I can't move. Um, So we're going to be talking about just how to think more positive. Um, And I'm just going to throw down like a quick kind of like maybe seven to 10 positive tips um, to help you open up your mind and just like kind of do it on purpose is the vibe for today. Um, but quickly I'll just fill you in. Um, I don't have many blonde moments, but when I do, they're bad. Um, yesterday I went to orange theory and like, I used to go all the time before the pandemic. And now I realize, like, Oh, that's why you're in such great shape. Um, not only that, I would go to that class and then go across the street to my gym and then go on the stairmaster. So like, let's just chill with the over exercising. Like I'm tired just thinking about it, but So I've gone to a couple classes and anyways, I just realized the other day, like, and everything's orange. So you, you'd think one would pick up, like read the room is real. Um, I was shooting for like the red zone now that it would be called the red theory, right? Like if if they wanted you in the red zone for like half the class, it'd be called the red theory. So I'm looking and like, I'm noticing. I'm noticing a lot of people are in like green. A lot of people are in orange. I'm seeing some people hit red and then they, they drop off. So I think I'm like a champion. I'm like, I'm a fucking champion. I'm in red. These bitches suck. Like that was my vibe. Okay. So I leave the class and I think I spent a total of 45 minutes out of an hour class between the orange zone and the red zone, pretty even on both sides. Like I would say, I I don't remember my stats, but it was like the columns were pretty even. And then I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, yeah, you want to go to a class next week? Um, And I sent her my stats and she informed me like, "Um, Charles, you're not supposed to be in the red for that long. So number one, by the way, just for like background in case you're like your friends putting you down. She's um, a fitness instructor, so (laughs) chill. Not just a fitness instructor, like pro athlete, bodybuilder, like she's nutrition queen, like whatever. So I'm talking to her about it. So she would never say, she would never give me bad advice is what I'm saying. And she goes, oh my God, you're only supposed to be in the red for like maybe like seven to 10 minutes. Like it's good that you really like pushed. She's like, but you're supposed to be in the orange zone. So anyways, if you wanted to try orange theory, read the room. You're supposed to be in the orange, apparently, as long as possible. So now that I know that, um, we'll work on that. So anyways, let's get into it. Let's open up with a quote. I'm actually going to pull one from my book, um, 100 Days of Positive Thinking, Rewire Your Mood in One Minute. Um And again, you can search this on Amazon books. um, And you have to search like the whole title because I'm not like, you know, a number one bestseller yet, keyword yet. Um, So you have to actually type out like 100 days of positive thinking 
by Chelsea Swift and then it'll pop up because a lot of people are like, I can't find it. Um, it's there. So here we go. Whether you think you can't, I'm just kidding. Opportunities don't happen. You create them. So here's the synopsis for the day. So if you're not familiar with this book, I give a quote every single day. The object of the game is to just read a quote, read a page a day. And I give like words of wisdom for each quote. So I'm just reading you this particular um, quote and words of wisdom. So let's go. Oh, and I'm also going to do some questions. So we're going to do 10 ways to think more positive. I'm going to open with this positive quote. And then at the end, I'm going to do weekly questions slash girl talk because we haven't done that in a while. Um, so anyways, words of wisdom. I used to really dislike this quote, <laughs> facts. Um, I didn't find it motivating. And that's because I had this idea that opportunities are things you seek, a job you research and apply for, something I have to wait for, something I have to reach. But your best opportunity is right where you are, making the most of where you are. Hate your job? Great. Make the best of it. What can you learn today? What can you find that you love about your job? What is it supplying you with? Opportunities are created by recognizing that A, you create them. B, you need to be open enough to recognize them. C, you have to let go of what you think it should look like by getting your mind right. You'll never miss an opportunity. And the key to creating an opportunity and using what you have and starting where you are, but most importantly, saying yes when you're not sure. Saying yes and showing up is 90% of the game. Opportunities don't knock on your door because opportunities are grabbed or created in the moment. Keep showing up, keep saying yes, and stay open to change. This is how you create your best opportunities in life. So just to capitalize on that, again, I really am just opening with a quote and just giving you kind of like, I'm not going to do it every time, but just giving you an idea of like what the book is about. Um, but it's so true. I used to think opportunity was like something I had to create for myself, which essentially it is. But the question then becomes like, how do you create that? Like, what do you mean? Like, how do you create that? How do you create it out of like thin air? But it's, it's more about being here and now and being open. So the reason now is your most powerful point is because that's the only time you can think new thoughts and feel new feelings. So that's why I went into the quote and the words of wisdom for the day was you need to kind of like settle down and realize that like you can't just run with the same energy, right? Like let's say, for example, we'll use that example. Let's say you don't like your job. Okay. You've got some bad energy there. That's fine. Your job could suck, by the way. I'm not saying it doesn't. But your job is to not invest in how bad it is. Your job is to invest in the good parts and what it provides. The reason I say that is if you sit in the here and now and you focus on the here and now and you're, you're not thinking 30 seconds ahead or two hours ago, but you're here and you're now, then you can focus on creating a new opportunity because you can have new thoughts and you can feel new feelings. So that's the power of being present in the now. And by being open, it opens up opportunity. So that's how you, you remain open because you are flowing and you're open and you're adaptive. But at the same time, you're not trying to control trying to control or saying like, yes, it's this way. And I know it's this way because this is what happened like last week or last year or whatever. 
you just have to let go of that and just focus on what is in the here, what is in the now, instead, instead of trying to control what's just already gone, or trying to over presume what might happen. Because when you're predicting, or when you're putting thoughts out into the future, you're just creating like your next scene in life. So it's literally like, chilling out in the here and now creates that opportunity for you to be open to a new possibility, a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling. So that was the whole point of that quote. And hopefully that helps somebody out there because we can only feel like truly feel in the now. What's interesting is I was um, journaling the other day and I love how it comes full circle. We're going to dive into 10 ways um, to think more positive, but the other day I was journaling and I was, I was kind of like journaling about like, what's the point of life? Not in a depressing way. I just like was curious. And so when I journal, I kind of like will scribe and like do these things sometimes. So basically what I pulled from that session is that the whole part, like the whole purpose of life, it what I forgot what I asked. I don't know if it was like the purpose of life or if I was asking about like, I forgot, but the whole message anyways, the answer was um, feeling like there's no life without feeling. And I might've been like, what's the point of feeling or what, or it's the point of life. I don't know what it was. It sounds very like emo now. Like I was being like in my feels, but it really wasn't. I was just going through my normal craziness where I just like am writing down like things that I want to know and trying to pull an answer. And um, that's what I got from it is there is no life without feeling. That's why you have emotions and that's why you feel. And whether it's a good feeling or a bad feeling, you wouldn't be alive. You literally electrically would not be alive without feeling. If there's no pulse, if there's no feeling, there's no life. So that's why I say your greatest point of power is now. You can only feel 100% now. Think about that. Think about that. Just think on those things. Let's start with 10 ways to think more positive. You're like, no, tell me more. Um, just feeling in the now. You got to sync up with the now. And the only way I can describe it is like when I podcast, I just podcast in the now. I don't script out my shit. Like I just think the world could use less filters. I was on TikTok this morning. Like, yes, I do not have styled hair. I did not do my makeup for this video. I don't plan on doing that for TikToks. I'm sure I'll do like a little get ready with me. Like those are, um, trending and stuff. So if you want to check me out on TikTok, by the way, I'll be over there way more. Um, Chelsea Swifts with an S I don't have a lisp today. Thank you. Drink enough coffee to get rid of it. Um, Chelsea Swifts, TikTok, very original. Um, and I'm just like finding my groove. So don't judge. I'm just kind of like finding out what I really want to like share and post and stuff like that. But I think that'll be the best way to kind of get some insight into who you're listening to. I feel like that's really important. I don't think Instagram does the job or I'd point you over there. I know for a while I was like, follow me on Instagram, but I do post stories and like link stuff that like I'm loving, like, you know, my favorite mocktail, like whatever, like cute outfit. But I just feel like, what can I provide value? Like, what can I give you that's valuable? I feel like you'll see it more over there because I just don't, feel like I'm going to be like following any trends on TikTok. So I think it'll just be like nice to go over there and like get a sense of who you're listening to um, and things like that. So anyways, let's get into 10 ways to think more positive. The reason this came up is so many people um, 
we're having issues with this and reaching out. So I am going to get into the weekly questions if I can talk. Ah, I'm talking so fast. Um, so first of all, the first thing I'm going to say is do it on purpose. So confidence is liking yourself and doing it your way. Like you have to have confidence in doing it your way, doing your own thing, doing things that excite you. So whenever you're feeling bad or you want to think more positive, you actually have to start with a positive conversation. And that is that conversation that you have with yourself. So start with a positive conversation to me, not just positive conversations with the people in your life, but especially with yourself, like the most important conversations you're having are with yourself. You know, for me, I joke around on here a lot, but it's very true. I do go in the mirror and I actually in um, our master bathroom, we have, um, I put like a little decal that says you look amazing. The reason I put that there is it's just this like subconscious thing. I don't even notice it anymore. I'm sure like my husband doesn't even notice it anymore, but I put that there because it's, it's powerful. It's like, it's something that is inspiring and kind, and you want to say and have things around you, especially in your surroundings that make you feel good. I used to joke, like, don't hang up fat pictures. Like, why are you like, who would hang up a picture where they look like shit? Like, raise your hand. Don't do that. Hang up pictures where you're like happy or it brings an emotion. And you're like, wow, that was the best day with my kids. And it's not always about looking good, but it is about like when you look at a picture, how do you feel about that? Because I've even had pictures where I might look good, but I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like the vibe coming off that pic. So anyways, you got to hang up things that are inspiring. Hence why I have a collage of just like everything I love behind me. Um, so, yeah, start with a positive conversation. Probably the most important way to start thinking more positively is the way you think and treat yourself. So start thinking about yourself as if you are the greatest person in the world because you are. You are. Who told you you're not? And it doesn't matter who said it. It's your job to unlearn it. So just be your own best friend. And here's why I believe in this. You can actually authentically then be positive, loving, kind, and inspiring to other people. You cannot do it unless you are that way with yourself. And I do tread on Kanye West's cockiness. I do know that about myself, but there's a reason for that. You know, I think especially like when you're younger, when people try to put you down and I've always dealt with this, like I've always dealt with whether it was a boss or a coworker, just like girls being bitches, like they will just talk shit about you because they have nothing going on in their life. And for a long time, like it would bother me when I was younger, when I was like, you know, young, I didn't know how to deal with that. But as I got older, I realized like confidence is liking yourself and not giving a fuck about anybody else. But that positive conversation needs to start with you. You can't get a pep talk from me. You've got to give yourself a pep talk. So that's hopefully going to hit with somebody today. Um, number two, surround yourself with positive people. So important. Positive people that lift you up. It's not always about just like, Oh, positive people. But just make sure when you're having like, you know, that you feel good, that you feel like you're connected, that you have that type of community, um, whether it's at work or it's with friends or it's your yoga studio. Um, there are so many communities and I've brought this up in another podcast, but a way to think more positively 
is definitely surrounding yourself with positive people. But I would even dive further into like surround yourself with like-minded people. So people that want to do the same things. Like I've connected with other podcasters. I've connected with like other like YouTubers. I don't really do YouTube, but um, like I've connected with people that do YouTube, I should say, that listen to my podcast and we connect and collab on ideas and things like that. Same thing with work. I have coworkers I connect with, um, friends I connect with, family I connect with, even just like, you know, book club, like joining a book club sounds silly, you know, but joining a like-minded community for the things that you're interested in, super helpful. Like yoga studio. I've been going to the same yoga studio for like, I don't even know, like, I want to say like 10 years, like before, like even before I met Ryan. So maybe like 11, 12, um, same place, same place, mo like probably 80% of the same people ranging from, you know, high schoolers all the way to people that are retired. I mean, so that's what I like about that environment is it's just, everybody's there for the same thing, which is just peace and, and working on yourself and, and working on not criticizing yourself, you know? So the next thing I'm going to say is gratitude. The fastest route out of your dark headspace is gratitude. So having some type of gratitude exercise in the morning, whether you have a daily positive gratitude journal, or you just write down 10 to 15 things you're grateful for. The art of gratitude, though, for me is to constantly recognize the gratitude all around me. Like I actually said this the other day, um, the other day, last night at dinner, um, I was sitting in my office, my home office, and I was looking around. And um, again, we talk about having positive conversations with ourselves. But I was looking around um, is my biggest thing. I'm always like, nobody needs to give me a gold star. I'll give myself five. So the thing is, I was looking around my office and I was just feeling like really proud of how far I've come and like what I've done so far at 34. I'm excited for like the next 34 years and the 34 years after that. So I was just kind of just chilling. And I was thinking about like, wow, my kids will never know certain things that I dealt with growing up. They're just never going to know. And the reason they're not going to know is because I've been to therapy and I've worked on myself and I've leveled up in life. So they're just going to have a different experience. Right. And that's the whole point. Like my parents, you know, worked hard so that we could have a different experience and, and so on and so forth. It, it follows through the next generation. Right. So the reason I bring this up with gratitude is I was looking around and just feeling this like sense of just deep seated gratitude, so much gratitude for everything that led me here, the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing. I was so grateful for it all because I just would not be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be equipped to deal with the things that I've dealt with or be able to handle anything that comes in the future. So I just was sitting here in this moment of like, this is what I dreamed about. Like, you know, it's just, it's amazing when you finally get to a place where you feel really good. Um, and it's not bragging for me, but I was just going through like, you know, I love my brand new car. Like I love my three bedroom, three bathroom townhouse. So, like I love living in the city. I love my job. I love writing books. I love, you know, marketing consulting on the side. I love podcasting. I love my yoga studio. Like there's so many things. I love my Peloton bike. I love my friends. I love my family. 
just going through all the things that I'm grateful for on a daily basis, like it just makes you kind of move into this different wavelength where it's like you are not seeking anything because you have everything and that's how you get more. And that's how the things in your life amplify. So the next thing I'm going to say, number four is celebrate, celebrate everything in your life. I celebrate my coffee again. You can follow me on TikTok and see how I make my coffee. It's obnoxious. It goes into a martini glass every single morning. It's a, it's an experience. Okay. I truly believe that everything in your life should be an experience. I don't get why it's like, it's funny. Like I'll put my lemon water in like a big, like wine glass and like be drinking it. And my husband will be looking at me like, is that necessary? I'm like, of course it is. Like everything's necessary. Like, you know, just enjoy life and do your thing. Like if you're not going to drink, if I'm not going to drink wine out of it, what am I going to drink out of it? So of course I'm going to put my lemon water in it. But I just feel like everything should be like an art and like not an art, but just like your own celebration of like whatever it is you're doing. So like vibe out with what you love and with what you want to experience and like bring that energy of celebration into everything. Like do things that excite you. I feel like when you're confident and liking yourself and you're having this confidence to like do it your own way and, um, and, and celebrate your life, you start to get more excited about like the simple things in life, like just going for a walk or running your routine or getting a manicure, like all these things like become like really fun and exciting. They're not just mundane. Um, the next thing is daily affirmations. So again, you can find this in my books, um, daily positive gratitude journal or a hundred days of positive thinking. They're both pretty, um, amazing for this, but daily affirmations are so big. And I feel like for me, I always, one of the best ones I've ever heard that's just kind of coming to my mind is I experience positive shifts every 24 hours. So that's something that, um, like I'll write little affirmations on my whiteboard. Actually, this is a good tip on my whiteboard, on my refrigerator. So I just write little affirmations and, um, I'm sure a lot of us have that like whiteboard in our kitchen somewhere on the fridge, on a wall, just to keep you organized. So I personally will write like little quotes or affirmations so that I read them kind of like first thing in the morning. It's also like, of course you have like, we have a countdown to vacation and like household items we need, whatever. But um, having some place where you put your daily affirmations and even writing them down is so essential. Um, also daily affirmations could just be a sentence. Like I described, like I experience positive shifts in my life every 24 hours, or it could be like an, I am affirmation. The only thing you need to be careful with is making sure that when you say I am, and you say something that you're really feeling that in the here and the now with a lot of intention and purpose. Um, the next thing is take positive action. So I don't want to dwell on this too much. But the thing popping into my head right now is when I would drink, I would always invest in like a really nice like bottle of wine and be like, it's Friday or it's Saturday. I really deserve to have like a glass of wine and relax. Or we'd go out to dinner and be like, I really deserve to have a drink like with my meal. Um, and looking back on that in hindsight, 2020, um, I really feel like 
I did not see that clearly because I think putting that into my body was actually like lowering my value in health. So I think for me, it, although I was, I was viewing it as a positive action, it was actually not something that was beneficial. So a great way to figure out what a positive action is, is it's something that adds value to your life. It's something that not only makes you feel good, but it adds value to the future. So I'll give you an example. Um, I write down things that I love to do that give me energy that make me feel better, like coffee, journaling, walking outside, um, sauna bag, red light. Like there are certain things I do that are going to give me results in the future, but also make me feel good in the here and now. The way to assess a positive action or taking a positive action is, does this make me feel good right now? And will this make me feel good in the future? Because the thing about alcohol is, of course, it makes you feel good right now. It will not make you feel good in the future. And 10 years from now, will that benefit you in any way? And that's no shade. It's just the first thing popping into my head. So just before you think I'm being preachy, I'm being teachy, drink, have fun. I was like the biggest um, party girl ever. Like I joke that I'm like party girl turned like just like, I don't know face masks and 9 p.m. bedtime, like, I don't know. But I used to be like the biggest like drinker party or like whatever. So I have no judgment whatsoever for people that love to have a drink, want to relax, like do your thing. For me personally, that's just when I think about a positive action, that's what I think about. Um, So number seven, acknowledge your negative feelings. So with this, you want to, you definitely don't want to shove away what you're feeling, but you want to acknowledge it and let it go. And I know sometimes it's easier said than done. So what you can do is write down some of the negative things that are on autopilot. And this is in the hundred days of positive thinking book that I have. Um, but you can acknowledge your negative feelings by writing down what those are. Like, what are those things that you keep saying? They could be about yourself, about your job, about your spouse, about your health. Um, it could be anything about your friends. What are some negative things or negative feelings that you're having? Write those down and then think of a way where you can either make peace with it or transition how you're speaking on it. That is such a powerful way to come up with a solution. So my next tip for you, eight, focus on solutions rather than problems. Um, so that is like, the definition of who I am as a person. My biggest pet peeve, if you're like, what's the fastest way to piss Chelsea off? Focus on a problem. That's the fastest way to piss me off. Um, a problem is a problem. And you don't need to say it 455 ways. We just need to come up with 455 solutions because there's infinite solutions. All I need to know is what is the problem and then I can come up with a solution. But I hate people that dwell, or sorry, I should say, I dislike people that dwell on a problem rather than coming up with a solution. Be solutions orientated. Where there's a will, there's a way. So instead of focusing on a problem or having it replay in your mind, focus on the solution. What can we do today that helps solve that problem? Well, you know what? I could be a little bit more laid back, a little less intense. I could be a little more forgiving, maybe have some compassion right? You can think about whatever your problem is and focus on how to become solution orientated.
pretty much just focus on it's it's not like focus on the positive but it's like when you have a problem what is the solution because the reality is and i'll just give you a really good example i was riding in the car <laughs> with um my husband we were on the way to to the spa and um he had just made like in his big yeti um i bought these like um they're like these calming um electrolyte packs but they don't make you like um tired they make you like focus so they're like really cool and you're like what are they called i don't remember um they're like vital something uh, i don't know but anyways whole point of the story he made the, you know made this electrolyte drink it was so excited to drink it all this stuff and then all of a sudden you know i'm i don't even know what i was doing i was reading my book or something he was driving he goes to pick it up he must have not had the lid on correctly when i say it was like a tsunami in the car. I'm not kidding. Like fucking drink went everywhere, like everywhere, like on my windshields, like, like everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Right. Like whole drink gone. And it's a Yeti. So we know like it's packing. So I was like, Oh my God. And he was like, looked like he was just going to flip his shit. And I'm like, it's fine. So I like take my scarf, which thankfully the scarf I had on was like a blanket. And I like, quickly start cleaning it up like with the scarf because that was the only thing I had to absorb that amount of liquid um so I just absorb it and whatever and anyways the whole point is you just move into solutions moment what could I really do really think about it really think about if I was like the person that focused on the problem I could yell at him tell him he got liquid all over my car you know chastise him you know what is any of that going to do what is any of that going to do? And I, this is what I'm saying. It's almost like if you're making your coffee and you spill some and, and you just made your coffee and then you spill it. What is it going to do to get upset? Clean it and make a new one. Like I just, that's my vibe in life. So anyways, if you're like, where is this going? If you focus on the solutions rather than the problems, you really become a solutions orientated type of person which is a superpower because now when things happen, and that's kind of why I brought up that story that seems kind of random, because think about it. We're on our way to the spa. We're listening to relaxing music. Everything's going great in life. And then boom, like water, water everywhere, flying all over the car. Things just happen. And I guess that's just my way of bringing it up. Shit just happens, right? Things happen. And the faster you can refocus on like a solution and not let it upset you, the faster you'll be at peace with life. And I guess I bring this up because the reason it's a superpower is because nothing gets in without my consent. So there's no problem. There's no negative feelings coming in because I don't allow it because problems exist and negativity exists and nobody denies that and bad times exist and nobody denies that, but it's how you react that's going to create your life and it's how you react, which will determine what exists in your life. So you want to make sure that you're more focused on how you can solve something rather than keeping a problem alive. So the next thing is think about positive um, memories. So I know I've given this tip before. Um, I call it like your positive um, memory bank. So anytime you think and you know, your brain and your mind supposed to be a tool. Obviously, 
you know, bad experiences teach us things. So it's not like you didn't learn anything, but, um, and it's not that it's not good to reference, right? Because certain, um, experiences teach you things to make you stronger, to make you more resilient, all that good stuff. Um, but since we're on the topic of thinking about positive memories, what I personally do is I keep like a positive memory bank. So when I do go back or try to pull up a memory, I only pull the ones that are serving me. So I'm only going to pull my best Christmas or my best whatever. And it's not being delusional. It's actually setting your brain up to think in a positive way. It doesn't mean bad things didn't happen to you. It doesn't mean you're not, you didn't learn from it or you're not more resilient or stronger. It just trains your brain to, it, it's like, again, it's like a tool. It's like you can use it to think back on negative things or positive things. Like the choice is yours. And like you have those two wolves within yourself and the one you feed is the one that wins. So feed your positive wolf and not the negative wolf. And if you're peeking into the past, nothing wrong with that, but just make sure you're looking at your positive memories and like pull those up and you'll realize how blessed you are. Um, the last thing is going to be smile for no reason. Um, so this is something that really does help like smiling in general. I always smile as I write out like my gratitude in the morning, just smiling, like can change how you feel. I know it sounds silly. You might try it for a few days, especially if you're not feeling very well mentally, you can say, no, that doesn't work, but just try it for 30 days, just smiling for no reason. Um, and just watch how quickly your mood changes because your brain cannot actually um, connect if there's something making you happy or not. The act of smiling just in itself without anything actually happening to you triggers to your brain that like, oh, we're happy, right? The same thing with frowning or um, doing like a sad face or something like that would also be the equivalent. So just make sure that you're like smiling for no reason, always smile. Um, you know, smile at yourself in the mirror, um, you know, give yourself compliments, smile at other people, say nice things. You know, when you do things like that, you eventually embody this positive thinking. So now we're going to jump into questions. I wanted this to be quick. Of course, I want all my podcasts to be like 20 minutes and it never happens. Um, so let's get into the weekly. I did pull some questions. Um, and thank you everybody for reaching out. I always appreciate it. If you ever want me to answer your question on my podcast, um, you just go to chelseaswiftblog.com and then there's like a little holler at me like box pops up. Um, you can submit a, anonymously. Like it actually says that on the form and somebody's like, no, you have to put your, put your email address in. Just put the wrong one in. Like I could care less if you want me to collect your email or not. But if you do put your email in, you will get my emails, if that makes sense. So you'll know if I drop a new book and I'll link it. Sometimes I just send out like random, like positive, like motivation for the day. I might link like a new podcast or something I feel like would be helpful or a new book I'm reading. So it's really just like my jam, like whatever I'm feeling that day. So um, I've also like linked songs, like stuff like that. So you can definitely put in your email address and like put anonymous and I'm not going to say your name on the podcast. So just to be clear, if you do fill out the form, 
whether you put your email and your name in or you do it anonymously, I'm never going to say your name on the podcast unless it specifically says shout me out on the podcast, then I will do it. Um, okay. So question one, let's get into it. You girls keep me so young. So question one, I study at Arizona state and let's just say the girls there are 12s. Anyways, I've been talking to a guy I've had a crush on forever, like three years. And I told my roommate who is a 15 on a scale of one to 10. And now she's texting with him. What do I do? Let it go. Say something. Help. Love your podcast. I listen to you every morning before class. Please come back and do more episodes. Okay. First of all, like, why are you like downgrading yourself? I totally get it. Like if you're around girls where you feel like maybe physically, like they're more attractive than you are, but I can promise you from experience, confidence is king. So and, and I don't know your roommate and I don't know what 15 on a scale of one to 10 is like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a 15. So I don't, I've never seen a 15 in real life. Like, are we talking like Jennifer Aniston in real life? Are we talking like, what are we, I need more of a description on these girls, by the way. What do you mean they're 12s? Um, yeah, I, so, okay, let me. Let me just address the first part, which I don't like that. And this is no shade to you because I think this is just coming out of your environment where like people have been rating girls at your school or something that that's not healthy. So I don't know if girls rate each other or if guys are rating each other or where this rating system came from, or if you're just like telling me that this is how you feel about it. Don't rate people and don't rate yourself. Like, and if you're going to rate yourself, call yourself a 20 and your roommate a 15. Okay. Um, but in all seriousness, so your roommate is not your friend, um, if she's texting with him, but I don't even know, like, did you, okay, what do I do? Let it go. Say something. Um, I mean, number one, like, don't, I don't know. This is so hard. Okay. Number one. Okay. I got it. It doesn't matter what Okay. It doesn't matter what people look like or what you think people are looking for. The only thing that matters is number one, you're confident. And number two, you're never jeopardizing your um, value for anybody else. So you don't want to fight over a dude like that's whack. So if your roommate means a lot to you, you can just tell her like, listen, I really like him. I've had a crush on him forever. Like, you know, are you guys like taxing, taxing? And like, let's face it. If that guy is going to text your roommate over you, like, just let it happen because it's up to in the end, guys do what they want. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like whether you want to stop it or whatever, it's, it's not going to matter. You could say something and then she could say something to him. So should you say something? Yeah. I mean, if that's like what you feel is important, then yeah, you should absolutely say something. But if you're feeling like I'm not going to say anything, I want to see how this plays out, see how it plays out, see if it goes anywhere. Um, but just make your intentions clear with all people. Like, you know, are you telling this part, this guy, like I've had a crush on you for three years. Does he know that? Like just be forward so that, because if he doesn't know that and he's talking to your roommate, he might be thinking like, Oh, I'm going to score with the roommate, but I don't know. I don't know what you said. So this is what I would do. I would tell her like, listen, 
I don't know if she knew or not, but I'd be like, you know, I have a crush on him just because I'm so vocal. I probably would have already told my roommate, but if you haven't yet, you need to tell her, like, I have a huge crush on him have for like three years. And then you need to tell the guy that you have a crush on that you have a crush on him. Like, stop being like, so afraid to be yourself. The worst thing that's going to happen is he doesn't like you back. Who cares? His loss. And then just let it play out from there. Let them both do what they want to do. What's meant to be will always be. So hopefully that's good advice to you and don't rate yourself. And if you are, make sure you put yourself at a 20. If you're rating people like on a scale of one to 10, you're going to be like, okay, so that person's a seven, but I'm a 25. So that's how we feel about it. The last thing I was going to say about that too is, um, you like in the question, as I was kind of like talking about it, it actually says like, I told my roommate who was a 15 on a scale of one to 10 and now she's texting him. So I kind of touched on it in the beginning. Like your roommate is not your friend. So this is exactly what I would do. And I feel like I went around and around because I wanted to make sure I gave you like really solid advice. Number one, confidence is king. Don't worry about what other people look like. Like, what you look like is the least inter- least interesting thing about you, right? So you have more to offer than your looks and looks fade anyways. Um, so never rate yourself based on the external. So hopefully that came across very clear because you are so much more than your physical appearance. And hopefully throughout life, you can come to understand that like, there are things that are way more important, like having good morals, having a, a good character, being funny, being smart, um, forward thinking, um, you know, just being a good person, being a kind person, like these things all add up to the type of energy that you bring. And that's another thing I was going to say is like, it's all energy. So you could be the most beautiful woman or man in the world. But like, if your energy is fucked up, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like if you're not, if there's nothing else to offer, then it's like, what am I looking at here? Right. Just looking at like a a body, you know? So never feel like, and I know in college, it feels like, because I remember that pressure too, of like, I need to be thin. I need to be blonde. I need to be tan. Like, I remember that feeling too. So I totally, I, and I don't know what it's like to go to, to school with like all 15s and 12s. But I mean, I feel like if you feel inferior, like, wow, this girl's like way more beautiful. You have to understand that like, that's, it depends on what phase this guy is in, whether he is going to choose your roommate over you has nothing to do with you. So I hope I make that like very clear because sometimes guys are just like in that phase of like, they're not really looking for a commitment. And that's why I said, just make it clear to him. So he knows like, Hey, I've had a crush on you for a really long time and then let him make his decision. And if he decides to go out with your roommate, then you know what phase of his life he's in. He's obviously not worthy of you anyways, but also he's probably just in that college guy mode. I mean, that happens. But also, I just want to make this clear. Your roommate is not your friend. The fact that you said, I've been talking to this guy I've had a crush on forever. And I told my roommate who was a 15 on a scale of one to 10. And now she's texting with him. I feel like I didn't touch on that enough. Um, She's 1000% not your friend. 
your friend would be like excited for you, would be helping you. Like, here's what you say to him. Here's what you should do. You know, your friend would be hooking you up with information. Your friend would never go text a guy you have a crush on. Like that is not your friend. That's your frenemy. But like, keep your frenemies closer. You know what I mean? You don't need to like completely like cut ties with her. But I definitely, if you already told her, you don't need to tell her again, she heard you and she did what she wanted to do. So at this point, you know who she is, right? But now just like go talk to that other guy and say, hey, had a crush on you. Just let you know. You know, I know my roommate started texting you. Um, you don't need to drag her either. You don't even need to tell her like, tell him like, hey, I told her that I like you and she started texting you. Um, which by the way, that's such an insecure move. Now that I'm thinking about that out loud, like now that we're talking about this out loud, if somebody's, if you tell somebody you like somebody and then they immediately start texting, it's because they're just like insecure and they just want to, they just want to do that to one up you. Like, has she ever had interest in this guy until you said that? You know what I mean? So I would just like keep her at a distance, but at the same time, no need to drag her and no need to be like be mean or anything. Like she just showed her true color. So just don't ever let somebody's like lower vibrations bring you down, like continue to like, you know, be a good person and not feel the need to like drag her, but make sure you tell that guy that you do have a crush on him and that, um, and just see where it goes from there. And if it's meant to be, honestly, it'll be. So the next question is, um, um, question number two, I'm a new mom. Well, I have four kids, but recently just gave birth and I am not myself. Lately, I find myself dreaming about being single. I'm a writer from New York City. So sex in the city, I know. But should I feel bad that I fantasize about not having kids? Don't get me wrong. They are my world. But I saw you recently got married and I I was wondering what you think about this. If you think it's a negative thing to think this way, or if you have any positive insight, throw me a lifeline, girl. Love your podcast. Shared it with all my girlfriends. We're obsessed. Keep it up. Thanks, girl. Um, I don't have kids. So like I have nieces and nephews and I give them back. Uh, I'm just kidding. So um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with having alone time. So I think if you're like fantasizing about like, I don't know what that means, like single life and not having kids. Did you spend enough time in single life to really remember single life? Cause you got to remember, like I loved being single, but there are a lot of things that are kind of lonely. You know what I mean? Like when your friends are all with their boyfriends and like, you're like, okay, I guess I'll just like smoke some pot and watch a movie by myself. Like, you know what I mean? So I think maybe you're, you know, sometimes when you have a different life, like you accidentally embellish other areas of your life. But the reality is like, you'd never really go back, would you? So think about the other things aside from your kids. Like, are you no longer living in a tiny apartment in New York City? Or I mean, I don't know, maybe you had like a townhouse or a loft, like, I don't know your life. But, you know, I think we glamorize things. And like, if we actually could transport back, we'd actually realize like, oh, okay, big mistake. I want to go back to my life now. It's, it's kind of like anytime I go out, <laughs> so, anytime I go out, I'm like, 
Yes, I can't wait. And I do, trust me, I love to be social. I love to do things. I love to like adventure and go out. But sometimes like after a little bit of just socializing and whatever, I'm like, okay, I want to go home now. Um, So I think it would be like that. I don't think it's a bad thing to fantasize about not having kids. I don't know if you're saying it like you wish you never had kids. I don't don't know. But I would say my positive insight is this. No, don't feel bad for thinking that. Two, I wish I could help you. Um, From what I understand, my friends and my family members with kids Um, everybody needs a fucking break. Okay. So maybe you're not getting that break. Maybe you don't get as much help as a lot of people get. Like from what I've witnessed in my life, it takes a motherfucking village. Like, and if you don't have a village and you're not getting that break, of course you're fantasizing about like being alone and like writing in New York city and like, like just, you know, being able to do your thing. Right. Actually, it's funny. I was talking about my, well, I was talking with my husband the other day about this. And I was like, I hate when people say like kids change your life. It's like kids don't change your life. It's almost like a keychain that becomes attached to like your hip forever and you can't get it off. Like it's always there. It's going to follow you everywhere. Like that's what it is. It doesn't change your life. It actually becomes your life. Like you've created a life and you're now responsible for the life that is now going to follow you around everywhere for like 18 years. But the beauty of that is they do get older and then fend for themselves. So I don't know how old your kids are. I know you just gave birth. Um, So the other thing is, I actually made this joke like with one of my friends. If you're not a little fucked up after you have a baby, you're there's probably something wrong with you. If you don't have a mental disorder or a slight mental disorder, that entire experience is crazy to me. The whole thing is crazy to me. Okay. So anyways, give yourself some slack. You probably just need to hit the spa and just have more alone time and don't feel guilty. I think that's the other thing is there's a lot of like guilt and shame and, you know, like, I can't say this enough. I believe in, uh, so I'm like a real feminist where I believe in like equality of sexes. So there's no reason your mans can't take the four kids while you go to the gym and then you come back and you take the kids and he can go to the gym or whatever the fuck it is. But I believe in like equality. So I don't know what your lifestyle is like, but everybody needs help. So if you're fantasizing about not having kids, to me, that means you haven't had enough time away from them to like appreciate those like little things. Um, so, but my positive insight is this, don't feel bad for having thoughts. Um, who cares? And it actually kind of goes with what we talked about, which is like acknowledging the negative feelings. It's actually good to acknowledge why you're feeling that way. Cause you can dig deeper to like, where's that coming from? Because I don't, and again, I don't know your life, but it might not even be coming from this place where you don't want kids or, or you're wishing you didn't have kids. It's probably coming from a place of like, I'd like to have some more time to myself. And then you can adjust your schedule from there. So hopefully I helped you. Um, but again, you're, you're talking to somebody that doesn't have kids. Um, and I did that on purpose. So so that was a, uh, on purpose thing. Um, so yeah, not saying I'll never have kids, but there's a reason I waited a very long time. 
Um, because I very much understand that like the party's over. I'm kidding. It's just a different type of party. And, um, yeah, don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. Just get some more time to yourself and don't feel bad about it. Like everybody needs help. And honestly, what I've witnessed is like the happiest moms, the best moms are the ones that have the most help. So don't feel bad. Uh, question number three, I am probably not like your most write-ins or listeners. Um, but I've been listening to you since the beginning. Right now, I have been with the same girl since college. We have been married for seven years and recently had our first child. Another child. Congratulations. Um, I am writing anonymously because I am ashamed to admit I settled. I settled because it was easier than breaking someone's heart. Now that I have a daughter, I realize that this is not fair to my wife. She should be with someone who loves her unconditionally. Don't get me wrong. I do love her. I adore my daughter. I wouldn't change a thing, but how do I navigate telling this to her without breaking her heart? Dude, these, some of these are just wild. Um, okay. You don't, um, <laughs> well there, this is two parts. So number one, I feel like when you make a decision, you have to, what is it? Um, you made your bed type of thing. Um, This is tough. I would say go to therapy on your own ASAP because you just got to work out what's going on here. Um, sometimes in life, I think you can go through different types of changes emotionally, physically, spiritually. And a big part of being with a long-term partner is basically being able to grow with each other versus like growing away from each other. Um, I agree. I don't think that anyone should have to settle in life. I don't think you should have to settle. And I also agree. I don't think whoever um, should have to settle as well. Like if, if she feels like she settled, I mean, she might feel the same way. I don't know. Um, but obviously having a daughter kind of made you realize that the type of love that you'd want to see, like the type of relationship you'd want to see your daughter in is not the one that you're in. So I don't know much of a backstory, but here's what I would do. Um, I wouldn't say anything to her just yet, because I think you should go to therapy and just kind of work it out. And because it delivery is everything and you don't want to maybe have this thought and then once you break it down, because sometimes you got to dig deeper. Like I was just saying with the last question, like sometimes something pops up, but it's not what we think it is. Um, plus, I think space is good because it gives you time to assess. So sometimes when you're like away from somebody, it might help. So like get away from the situation, go for a walk and also maybe connect with a therapist and say, hey, like this is how I'm feeling. Um, and your feelings are valid. I don't want you to feel like I'm not validating you. I just don't think that you should just come out and say that because it's just not going to land right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like imagine someone saying that to you. Could you imagine? <laughs> like the love of your life says that to you because, because you don't know how she feels. So I would see a therapist first, break that down. And then I would also go to therapy as a couple, maybe try to like work on that. And if you're still feeling that way, you, sh you definitely shouldn't feel like you settled, but maybe talk about it in terms of what you see for your daughter in the future and maybe why this is coming up. And there, 
the hard part about this is there's no way to say that without breaking someone's heart. So you should probably know that. Um, that is like the, the cost, you know, like, what is that saying? Like the truth, the truth hurts or the truth it will piss you off and then it'll set you free. That's a real statement. So, um, there's no way to tell the truth, like without sometimes hurting somebody or pissing them off or, you know, so the truth hurts. It can hurt. So I would advise that you just see a therapist first, work it out, try to talk it out. Maybe this is coming from maybe an overwhelming sense of like wanting to protect your daughter and make sure she gets like the best guy in the world. And you don't feel like you're being a good guy right now. So maybe you need to level up. Like, I don't know what it is. Or maybe you go to therapy and you find out like, yeah, I, I got to bring my wife in and we got to have this conversation. I would definitely do it with some like a therapist and kind of try to have that conversation and work things out. But if you're if you're not about that, if you're like, no, I don't want to do this. I just want to be honest and tell her there's no way to bullshit that you just have to say it and um, you will break her heart when you say it. So that's my advice to you, because that's the truth. Um, question four. Hey, girl, love the podcast. So I recently started my own online business and I was hoping to get some advice since I know you do marketing. I don't have a ton of money to spend on promoting and I'm feeling exhausted with trying to keep up with social media. Any tips on how to grow my online store organically? Much appreciated. Um, okay, so this is a question that I feel like I would need to know way more about your business. Just saying you're an online business. Like, what is it? What what industry are we talking? What are you selling a product? Are you selling a service? Are you... There's so many ways, who are you trying to capture? Is this B2B? Is this B2C? There's so many questions I would have, but I guess to help you start, um, okay, feeling exhausted trying to keep up with social media. So social media, you need to monitor every 30 days and figure out what's working for your business. Not all platforms or outlets are going to work for like across the board. There's actually different strategies across all platforms. So number one, get yourself a scheduling system. There's so many free ones out there, but you can try any one you want. And basically it'll push your content across all of the platforms that you want to link up to. The second thing, once you plan out content and you have like a hashtag strategy that's relevant to your business, start monitoring what's working. This will take off a ton of the workload for you because now you're scheduling your social media versus like manually posting. I see a lot of people do that. They get exhausted. Um, but I hear you. I don't promote on social media. Um, so I think it depends on your business, right? Like what actually gets you clicks and conversions. So you have to basically do a marketing audit, which is it, because you said you have an online business, which means you have a website, which means you have access to Google Analytics. So what you need to do is monitor the data and see what you're getting for um, referral track, referral traffic. So you want to go into referral traffic and see, is it coming from social media? Because you might feel exhausted with social media. And then you might realize that like maybe Facebook is actually referring a ton of people or maybe you know, XYZ is referring a ton of people, or maybe social media is not working at all. And there's actually no need for it right now, because you're getting so much traffic from XYZ. Hopefully I'm helping you. Um, 
online store. See, I could give you tips on how to grow organically. Um, I think adding a blog, um, making sure your meta tags are all set on your store, making sure you have keywords in your website. So you want to make sure that the text is written on your actual website and not like a graphic with like, say you design a graphic and you put words on that graphic that say, and I'm just going to make up a product. Um, you have like perfume, right? So you design something, there's perfume and it says perfume, French perfume, whatever. Um, that text, if you're going to put that graphic on your website, the text now needs to go behind that image because Google, um, will read your website and it will actually, um, populate depending on what people are searching. So you want to make sure you have a lot of those keywords or high ranking keywords. Another way you can do this is through SEM rush and like take a look at some keywords um, that are relevant to your industry that need to be on your website. Also blogging definitely helps um, kind of populate and circulate and um, organically boost your search engine optimization. So um, if you're looking for organic tips, you can just like message me after I, I would need to know more about your business, but I can promise you the first step, like it's an applied science. You definitely need to do your market research, but the most important step before you do anything, before you design anything, before you think about calling anything, anything, you need to do a marketing audit and see what is working, what is not working, focus on what's working. Once you start doing that, you can start to A-B test or test things out, see how that's working, but you need to find a baseline first. So hopefully it helped you out. Um, and with the social media and feeling exhausted, there's so many platforms where you can actually like pre-schedule your content. So I would highly advise that you do that. You pre-schedule and push to all platforms. Just make sure you're um, creating a different strategy for each platform because each platform um, is completely different. All right. Last question. Um, hi. Okay. So wedding planning, help, help, help a soul sister out. What are some things you would go back and change or any advice on how to make the process easier? You said you were going to do a podcast about this. Um, so if so, I'd love to hear some helpful tips on do's and don'ts. And you're the fucking queen. Keep going. Keep slaying. Best podcast ever. Cheers, girl. And congrats on not drinking. You continue to amaze me. Um, thank you. So, okay. How do I make the process easier? I would say, like, first of all, I am going to do a podcast on this. Um, but I would say make the process easier by delegating. I was actually saying this to my mom the other day. I wish... I actually delegated. I did not delegate anything like my bridesmaids other than my bachelorette party planning thing did not have to do anything um, for my bridal shower. Like my mother-in-law and my mom basically did everything. Um, and then of course, like the bridesmaids helped with some stuff. Um, but I didn't delegate anything like zero, nothing. I just did everything myself. Um, and I just wish that I just delegated some stuff out, but I was very particular on how I wanted the day to run, how I wanted things to look. So I didn't really like trust anybody. So at that point, if you're like me, <laughs> um, and you have a vision and you're not sure if people can like bring that 
you know, similar vision to life, I would highly suggest hiring a wedding planner. I now see why that's so important. Um, I think wedding planners are so like undervalued. After my wedding, I realized that um, I should have hired 1000% a wedding planner to just do all the appointments, um, do all the research it because it's a lot like just to even research flowers and look at flowers and go here and do this. And I'm the type of person where I'm like, very like, yes, no, there's like no maybe. So I'm like, fuck that flower. hate that flower. Yep. So for me, it's just like, I know what I want. I don't even need to see anything. I can just tell someone like, this is what I want. And then they can go get it. So if you have a vision and you want to bring it to life and you're like, how do I make this easier? You either need to a delegate to your team. That's your mom, your mother-in-law, like all the ladies in your life. Like they will love to do it for you. Trust me, especially if they've already been married, they understand how much work goes into it. Um, and people will love to help help you. And that's the other thing. People did ask me if I needed help. And I was like, no, because you feel like so dumb, like asking for help, or at least I do. So that's the one thing I wish I did differently. Um, do's and don'ts. I don't really have any do's and don'ts. The only thing I would say, though, at the end of the day, truly as a bride, and I hate to say this, but this is true. Um, at the end of the day, the only thing as a bride that you will come out caring about is your how you looked, your wedding dress, and how your pictures came out. That's like the only thing you're going to care about. And if you're like a color coordinating type of person like I am, um, I would say a big do and something I did is all of the like the moms wore the same color as the bridesmaids. That was like a must for me because the thought of having someone in bright red and like a, a deep purple and like dark blue and, you know, different colors clashing with like the color I picked out was like, no, um, but some of the don'ts, I mean, I really wish there were a lot of, see, it was so different when I was planning my wedding. So I feel like I can do a whole other subject on this, but even with like the bridesmaids dresses, I think I wish I just picked one on like Lulu's and just had them order it that way there. It was just more of like, maybe like more affordable. Cause I, it really is a dress you wear once and you bridesmaids dresses never fit right. Like you're never going to order the size and have it fit right. You're always going to have to take fabric in. Nobody likes bridesmaids dresses anyways. Um, and the one that I wanted, they didn't actually have it in the color that I needed it. So even though all my bridesmaids look gorgeous, I just wish that I would have been like, took some more time to like maybe look at different ones. I love the color. It looked great on everybody. The style was great. But I just wish that I kind of took some time to like, you know, like maybe go on Lulu's because they have like such cute dresses now like that you can just order. Um, my only thing with that is I was just concerned that people would order it and like maybe order the wrong color or the wrong size and like not have it in time for the wedding. So that's the only reason I wanted to go through like an actual place. But whatever you're thinking for a style, just do some research. They might have like, you know cute um bridesmaids dresses the other thing i would say is just make sure you remember that it's it's all about you i definitely forgot that i was making it more about everybody else wanted to make sure like the food is good the venue's good this is good the experience is good and 
I was really more concerned with everybody else but myself. And I didn't spend enough time like on that self care aspect. So I would say delegate. So you have more time to like, relax, not stress, hit the gym. I really wish I was doing those things. I felt very rushed, very um, like, I just didn't have time to just like chill. Like, so that's the only thing I would say is like, don't stress yourself out. There are so many people that want to help you. And a definite do is make sure that the colors like, but that's like, if you're like how I am as a person, I don't like mix matchy things. I think certain colors can flow together, but if you color coordinate the outfits, like that to me is like really important because then it goes with everything. Um, and then the only thing I maybe maybe like a don't is with the bridesmaids dresses. I don't know that it was worth having because that's the other thing is like some dresses came in early, some came in later. So I think also giving them responsibility as far as like, okay, here's the dress. It's on this link and you order it. I think that's better than going to a place and having, depending on how much time you have. That's probably my only don't is I wish that I just took some more time to like look at similar styles once the place like didn't have it in the color that I wanted. I should have just went online and been like, whatever, we'll just do like Lulu's or something and then sent the girls the link. And then I would have had the cut that I wanted in the color, but that's fine. Um, either way, it came out great. That's my only thing. Um, I think other than that, the other thing that I invested in was um, our cake topper. So our cake topper, I think I got it on Etsy, I want to say. And um, it was so pretty. And I wanted it to like look like us. But also I wanted it to be like a little statue that I could have like in my house later. Not a statue. What am I saying? Like a little, um, you know, just a little trinket thing. It's not a trinket. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I just wanted to have it for later in life. Like it's our cake, cake topper. But you know, it's, it's cute because it's like something that goes in our house. So I got a really nice one and I would highly suggest investing in that because that's something that's like, not like too corny to keep in your house. And it doesn't look like a cake topper until people like, Oh, what is that? And you're like, Oh, that's my cake topper from like 20 years ago. So that would be my advice. And that is the podcast for today. Lots of crazy questions. Again, you can go to chelseaswiftblog.com and you can submit questions anonymously. Um, and then you can also go to TikTok, Chelsea Swift with an S, Swift's TikTok. And I will see you on the next podcast.